Thank you for purchasing this audio product. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. We believe that your faith will increase and your life changed by applying the principles in this teaching. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Just lift up your hands in this place. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Father. Father God. Lord, we honor your presence here. We honor your presence. Father, I thank you that you're not just loving, but you actually are love. We welcome love, you, our love into this place. The lover of our souls. We welcome you here, Lord God. Right now with your eyes shut and with two hands raised to heaven, we're going to make a bold invitation to the work of God. Just say out loud, Holy Spirit, my heart is open to you. I surrender to your love. I surrender to you. Do what you want to do in me. Lord I love you Lord thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you thank you Lord God the Lord was stirring my heart as someone was testifying There are some women in this place and you've been grieving over your children. I don't mean children who have died. I mean children where the relationship is broken, where they're not where you have so longed for them to be. There have been women and you've, your heart's been broken. Right now, if that's you, I just want you to step out of your seat. Please bring someone with you if you need some support. But your children, you, they're not where you, you, your heart is breaking over your children. Just stand at the front. Don't kneel. Please stand. Stand so I can reach you. front so I can see you. Because I heard the Lord speaking and he says, I've heard your cry in the night. I'm going to need ushers to stay with me. I've heard the cry in the night. I've heard the grieving and mourning of your heart. I've heard you cry to me in the night hour. There's been a pain deep inside. Oh, a stirring deep inside. You've been mourning. You've been crying out. 
crying out, crying out to me. And I've heard your cry. I've heard your cry. I've heard you. I've heard you crying out to me. I've heard the cry, the cry of your hearts. But I need you to hear what the Spirit of the Lord would say. Because you've been mourning, you've been grieving. Oh, your heart is broken. Your heart is broken. Your heart has broken. Your heart is broken. Your heart is broken. So deep down inside. So deep down inside. Your heart has broken. Your heart is broken. But listen to the word of the Lord. Because you see the heaviness has been weighing you down. The sadness has been like a rock in the pit of your stomach. The heaviness has been like a rucksack on your shoulders. But the Lord says this, mothers, it's time to pour out your pain in my presence because I need your heart to believe. I need your heart to believe because I'm about to do a miracle. But while the pain is filling your heart and weighing you down, no hope is able to arise inside. And hope produces faith just as water produces ice. But your hope has been failing, says the Lord. So right now, every woman in this place, I want you to spend a moment right now. You're gonna, you're gonna just drop to your knees right now as I carry on ministering. And you're gonna pour out the pain. You're gonna get rid of this pain because the Lord is about to call an army of mothers to arise full of faith, but you can't be full of faith because faith is of the heart when you're weighed down with so much sadness. Talk to me, says the Lord. Pour out your pain in my presence, says the Lord. Right now, just pour out your pain in the presence of the Lord. Speak to Him. When we give our pain to God, we come to our wonderful counsellor. It means we talk to Him about how we feel. We say, God, my heart was broken. This hurt me so badly. Open your mouth and speak to me, says the Lord. Just talk to the Lord in these moments. Tell Him about the sadness, about the separation. Tell Him about every pain in your heart. 
He says, I know your pain. I know your heart. I know you, how this ripped you apart. But I need you to pour out your pain in my presence. I need you to give me the sadness. Pour out your pain before me. Thank you, Jesus. Now, as you start to feel that pain dislodging, I want you to start to stand. Start to stand because there's a cry from heaven saying, I need some mothers to arise. I need some mothers to arise. You see, you can finish some of this back home because you've got to get rid of the sadness and the pain so that you can arise in faith on behalf of those who need you the most. And now this is the word of the Lord. He says, mother, mother, I have heard the cry of your heart in the dead of the night. And I am bringing a turnaround. There are prodigals returning. There are relationships restoring. There's a reconnection. The Lord says, everything you dreamed for, I'm doing it. And it's not too late. It's not too late. Oh, right now, arise, 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 daughter of Zion. Arise, arise again, daughter of Zion. Listen, I want everyone to look at me for a moment. You know, one of the reasons why we must we have no right to hold on to our pain even when we think we have a right. Do you get that? Even when we think I am justified to keep this pain. We have no right. Let me tell you why. You see when my heart is heavy and full of pain, faith is of the heart. Romans 10:10. 10, 10. So if my heart is heavy weighed down if I'm feeling sorry for them and sorry for myself, and I'm just so bound up in sadness. I can pray, but it's not a prayer of faith because faith is of the heart. And you see, this is why pouring out our pain is not an option. It's not something for just a few Christians who are saying, I want, no. It's something we've got to do for the sake of the next generation. So right now, every mother, lift up your hands. Lift up your hands high and say, Heavenly Father, I will pour out all my pain. I will pour out all my pain. I will pour out all my pain. And I will allow faith to arise again. I will go back to your promises over my children. And I will believe and I will pray and I will stand in the gap and I will wage war until every promise is fulfilled because he's the God who's the God of yes and amen. Listen, 
Abraham and Sarah, they prayed for 25 years. That's quarter of a century. They hoped against hope. And so we call them the father of faith. God is about to bring a turnaround. Hallelujah. 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 Kevin. The ladies can return to their seats. Someone's, no, Kevin, I want you here because I have a word for you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord started to speak to me about you when I looked you in the eyes this morning. And he said, this, this son of mine is like David. Now you need to hear some things about David because there's times when you've looked at your life and you even look at the favour you enjoy now and you say, but I don't deserve it. Why me? I don't deserve this. And at times, because you feel you don't deserve the favour bestowed upon you, you, you kind of push it away and reject it. But the Lord says, son, you're like David. David had a dad, his biological father didn't even bother calling him out when the prophet wanted to anoint a king because he thought that son ugh. a mother who's never mentioned in scripture all we know about David is he said though my father and my mother have forsaken me yet you will take me up I don't know your story with your upbringing or your family but you know what people do their best but sometimes the best that we receive isn't what we need. And there's been a vacuum, a vacuum on the inside, a vacuum that has said deep down, I just need to know that I'm loved. I just need to know that I'm enough. But the Lord says, son, you're just like David. Like David to me, I see you worship. You're full of joy when others are just a bit <laughs> in a bad mood. The Lord says, son, I see your laughter. I see your kindness. I see your tears. And the Lord says, son, just like I snatched David out of the hills looking after a few sheep. So it is I who have placed you in the palace of the king. And the Lord says, David, never again doubt, doubt your right to be in this place. You look over your shoulder and think, why not him and why not him and why not her and why me? But the Lord says, because I chose you. I picked you, I picked you out on a dark and cloudy day. I saw the way you guarded your heart when you could have been full of bitterness. And the Lord says, son, I chose you and I've placed you exactly where you are beside the man of God to learn love, to learn authority. You're there because I put you there. So no more apology. Son, receive my blessing upon you.
upon you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I want you to take your seats. You know, um, there is a, a little song in English um, children's churches, Sunday schools, that every little child learns. And I don't know if anyone here knows it, but if you do, you're going to join in with me, okay? Because the driver, my, our wonderful driver, doesn't know this song. So you might not know. But if you do know it, then please sing along. There's this song that goes, The wise man built his house upon the rock. Thank you. The wise man built his house The wise man built his house upon the rock And the rain came tumbling down The rain came down and the floods came up Whoosh! The rain came down and the floods came up Whoosh! The rain came down and the floods came up But the house upon the rock stood firm Amen! So you know it over here, some of you. It's a real fun little song from church, children's church. And it says in Matthew 7. I definitely think we have to bring this home, Marilyn. It says, the wise man built his house on the rock. And it goes on to say, and the rain descended, the floods came, and the wind blew and beat upon that house. The wise man is the one who is reading the word, believing the word, taking the word. And he's building his house the right way. But guess what? The storms still beat upon that house. You know, I remember the first time, Apostle, Prophet, thank you so, so much. I love being in your ho house, your home, I was going to say it is really. <laughs> I love what God is building through you here. I love what I say, see him doing in the years to come. Oh my goodness, it's awesome. And it is a privilege. Thank you so much. You see, I remember the first time I saw tropical rain. Because when it rains in England, it goes pitter-patter, pitter-patter raindrops, yeah? I mean, when it rains hard, it goes pitter-patter, pitter-patter, pitter-patter raindrops. Pitter, you know, okay? That's how it rains here. Now, I remember the first time I was in Miami about 10, 15 years ago. And we crossed the road from our hotel because we wanted to have breakfast over the road. And we crossed, ate our breakfast, and then suddenly, oh my goodness, the rain descended. How many know what I'm talking about? I mean, tropical rain came down. I was like, I can't even go out in that for half a second or I'm going to be drenched. And I remember the first time I was driven by someone in Miami when there was this rain. Do you get this rain here? 
Oh my goodness. How many of you drive in that rain? I was sitting in the passenger seat, nearly like trying to climb out the window. And I wanted to say with everything inside of me, will you just pull over right now? Because I promise you, we could not see more than two feet in front of us. Why'd you all drive in that? I mean, like, why? And you know, when rain like that suddenly hits, all the plans that we had, it's like, whoa, everything needs to be rethought. And then it says, and the floods came up. You know, the Bible describes what a flood feels like, like a torrent. I remember when I was about age 12 and going out um, in the sea, I was quite a strong little swimmer. But then suddenly this huge wave overwhelmed me and I literally didn't know if I was going to come up out of that sea again. I was so scared. And it's like that sometimes, isn't it? When life comes at us like a flood and it's like this punch in the guts and nothing could have prepared us for what happened. But then it says, and the wind blew and beat against that house. And some of you, you're still standing. Wait, but you have been bruised by the storm. You've been wounded. I kept hearing the Lord say shock and trauma, shock and trauma, shock and trauma. You know, the disciples had an experience like that. They were out in a boat going out to sea and suddenly this terrible storm hit that boat. The waves coming in, the place filling up. They were terrified. Jesus is on the boat. But you see, how do we react when the storm hits like that? Because something on the inside of us says, Jesus can't really be with me right now. And they cried out. Mark 4, 38. They woke Jesus and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And sometimes when we go through storms in life, on the inside, it really feels like, oh my goodness, where is God in this? These guys that knew him, Suddenly they're like, do you not care? Do you not see what we're going through right now? There's some of you going through so many storms in your family. You know, I think there is no hurt that hurts like family hurt. I have ached in places when I've gone through trials in my marriage that I didn't know I could ache. You know, when... when when there's something that goes wrong with the one you love with everything, there is an ache that is so deep down that we just don't know what to do with it. And in the midst of it, we can just think, God, 
Where are you in this? But you see, Job 5 verse 7 says this. Just as sparks fly upwards, so man is born to trouble. You know, that means we've got to know what to do with trouble when it hits. Because as God illustrated, as we prayed over those mothers, the ache of seeing your own child suffer, whether by their own doing or not, is agony. But you see, when our hearts are weighed down with the hurt of the battle that we're fighting, we can't be full of faith. You know, so often what we do in those situations when shock has hit, shock brings fear. It, 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 sh it shakes us. You see, prayer by definition is full of faith. Sometimes we're not praying to God, we're panicking to God. And God is saying to you today, there's no pain he wants you to tolerate. Not even the pain of the storm. You know that word trouble in the Hebrew, amal. Sorrow, grief, pain, stress, strain. Man is born and we're going to face that stuff and it doesn't mean God's left you. It doesn't mean he's forgotten you. It doesn't mean that he's, he's forgotten his promises to you. It just means that we're still on planet Earth. And you know what? I want you to know any pain that you truly surrender to God, he will turn around and use in the most remarkable way. I promise you that. I've seen it too many times to doubt the truth that God really is the one who causes all things. Not some things, not just, not just the superficial things, but all things. However cruel that may sound, he causes all things to work together somehow for his good. But that can only happen as the pain is healed. I want to share with you about a young man who went through trauma. And I'm reading just one verse first in 2 Samuel 4, verse 4. And it says, Jonathan, Saul's son, had a son who was lame in his feet. He was five years old when the news about Saul and Jonathan came from Jezreel. And his nurse took him up and fled. And it happened as she made haste to flee that he fell and became lame. His name was Mephibosheth. This is a little five-year-old boy. Some of you look back at your childhood. Some of you look back to things that happened in your life when you were five and you still blame yourself. Five is this high. It was not your fault. There he is, little five-year-old. And he's living in this time of conflict, of war. 
You know, you might not have been raised in actual physical war, but maybe you were raised in a home where there were bullets flying in every direction. Constant shouts, outbursts, doors slamming, cruel words flying. Maybe you live in that right now. Conflict. Just trauma around us. Where there's that feeling of when's this going to stop? When's it all just going to calm down for a while? But in the midst of that conflict, that trauma, the one person that this little boy was supposed to be able to trust let him down. I mean, her job, what was her job? She was his nurse. Her job was his carer. I mean, he will have hardly seen his biological parents that much. She drops him. But the drop itself must have been agony. You know, physical pain can be so traumatic as well. And this little boy was dropped so badly that both feet will have been broken. But no treatment, no care. And, and, and he, he, he then it flees. And then discovers... My dad's died. And my granddaddy's died. All in one day. What's he got? What life? He went through trauma. You know, trauma has this way of not just wounding us, but of making us afraid of anything that even smells of it. You know, there may have been a hospital where it all went horribly wrong and you'll avoid driving down that street. Maybe if you were in a car accident, you notice your heart beat faster when you see a car coming the other way, which of course is all too often. Trauma has this ability to stir something in us. Maybe you've gone through a really traumatic relationship in the past and now you're, you're, you're in a new relationship. But any time that person says anything that even whiffs of something like you experienced before, every wall goes up. But they've done nothing. But trauma is still buried on the inside like a ticking bomb just trying to divert you from your destiny. You know, about, um, not about, a year and a half ago, I was due to go to Miami to minister. God has given me a mandate in America. And the day before I was due to go, I got a call from my mum saying, Joe, dad is dying. Now, he'd been sick for a long time. But they said, they're now removing all his medication. He's dying, Joe. And I remember going, oh my God, what do I do? So I got into the presence of God. And I said, what do I do, Lord? You see, let me tell you something. The more you get healed, the more you can follow the leading of the Holy Spirit rather than human opinion. Even when it's a family member who you love 
and honour with all your heart. The more we get healed, we get free to be able to actually follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. And so I got into my secret place knowing what my big brother would think, knowing what my big sister would think, knowing what my mum wanted. And I said, Lord, what do you want? And this is what God said to me. He said, if you will look after my family, I will look after your family. So I called my mum and I said, mum, I'm running events in Miami and I believe I need to go. I couldn't say more than that because what can I do? When I got there, God added another word to it, but not until I got there. He said, the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord and I will keep your father's heart beating until you get home. He was being given 24 hours to live. So God just supernaturally strengthened me. I ministered. I saw God moving in such power, healing the brokenhearted, changing lives. And it got to the last day and I was due to come home. And my final place of preaching was a church and I shared with the pastors what I was going through, but no one knew. I couldn't share this because I needed to be strong. And at the very end of the service, the pastor came, an arm around me and said, you don't all know what Joe, what Pastor Joe is going back to. I thought, oh my goodness, they're not about to say this right now. And in that moment, they, they stood there with me, arms around me and said, she is going back to her dying father. Suddenly every grace and strength disappeared. And I wanted to burst into tears. And I just knew I've just got to hold it together long enough. I cannot cry in front of this, this people. Got in the car, a driver took me to Miami airport, a two hour drive. And, and I thought, I, I, I can't be crying in front of him. He, his job is not ministering to me. And so I was holding myself together. And then I, I got to the airport, checked in. I needed some big favours, so had to talk to the airline about the big favours I needed. Sat down. You know, thank God for iPads. You know, I don't care how stupid I look. I want to be healed. I sat down on that aeroplane. It took off. I put music in my ears and suddenly... The floodgates broke open. I just started to cry and cry and cry. But I want you to hear what I was crying about because first, all I could see, I just started to look at the first 20 years of my life. And I, Apostle, I started to see the way my husband would look into my daughter's eyes. And she'd say, Abby, I want to dive into your pools of love. And I just started to cry. And I said, God, I never heard that man tell me he loved me. Father, I never felt a hug of affection. I never felt him draw me near. All I ever really knew of contact was just being disciplined very harshly sent to my room and I just cried and cried and cried about everything that never was. 
And then my tears dried up and I sat there for a few moments. I'd been crying about an hour and a half, howling. It was a noisy aeroplane. calm and then suddenly it all started again this time you see my first positive experience of my father was when I was 20 22 and he cancelled a debt and but then from then onwards he became my mentor he taught me how to write how to think he taught me how to strategize I became the only one of the three children who he would open up his heart with and told me something of his journey. He was a very cold, closed man, but he would open a little to me. And so from being this person who was, I had no relationship with, he became a mentor and, and, and he became my dad. And I started to see his face on my wedding day and this big smile, the happiest I ever saw him was that day. And I was now just crying and crying and crying about my dad, about losing my dad, my dad dying. And I wept and wept for about an hour and a half. And then my tears dried up. Maybe I got 30 minutes sleep. I eventually landed, went straight to the hospital where my father was. He was virtually unconscious, but God had kept that heart beating 10 days. I got to the hospital, my mum and my sister were there. They eventually, I said, can I have time alone towards the end of the day? Virtually unconscious. I started to speak to him. I sat at his bedside. You see, when your heart is healed, you can suddenly look back at your past differently. I said, Dad, I want you to know you've been a good, good father. And I reminded him of that time when he called me up and cancelled that debt. And, and I, I prayed with him. I'd, I'd led him to the Lord a few years earlier. I, I prayed with him. I, I released him. He was uncomfortable. Then suddenly his eyes opened wide. And he just looked at me. Wide eyes. And I said, Dad, I know you don't like this emotional namby-pamby. But I love you. I left the room. About 24 hours later, I got the call and I was now back home, the other side of the nation. I got the call from my dad, Joe. Dad's died. We had to start organizing things, but I went to bed that night. A couple of hours later, I looked at my husband and I want you to hear this. I said, oh my goodness, my love, this healing thing works. He said, I should hope so. I organized the funeral up and down between parts of the country, ran two events in between his death and his burial. But every single hurt in my heart had been healed before he even slipped into glory. Listen, this is something the Lord showed me. There are some of you right here, you're still carrying pain sadness. You see, what does shalom mean? The Hebrew word. Shalom. Nothing missing. Nothing broken. That's what it means. If I'm still missing someone who's died, it means I'm not fully restored. 
But so often the reason why we get stuck is because we haven't grieved not what never happened. I remember after my two-year-old daughter died, I had to grieve the fact that she never got to go to school, that I never got to see her grow. You see, we have to grieve what never happened. We have to grieve the shattered dream. We have to grieve for those things as well as for their departure. Listen, let me tell you why we have to be healed of trauma. You see, guess where I was when all this happened? You know, I'm about to get on an aeroplane. The enemy is always trying to use the very hurts and wounds and traumas in your heart to keep you from your destiny. My little girl had a terrible cycling accident. Smashed her whole face. Broke her jaw in two places. Guess where I was? America. I remember my husband didn't tell me the full story when I was out there. He was very kind. When I got home, he sent me pictures and said, you have to see these before I bring Abby home from hospital. You must not be shocked when you see her. When he brought her home, laid her on our sofa, I couldn't even recognize my own daughter. Just a crack in one eye. And I just sat with her. I just sat looking. I'm thinking about the trauma. I'm thinking about what my husband went through. I'm thinking what she went through. How frightened she must have been. I'm just, I'm just sitting there and I'm just, I'm just head spinning. But you see, so often in the midst of deep places of pain and trauma, all the things we say aren't the real thing. I sat with her for hours and then I stole myself away into my secret place and I fell on my knees and I said, God, I wasn't there when my little girl needed me. And I cried. And I said, God, a mother is supposed to be there for her daughter. I failed Abby and I failed my husband. And I cried. And I said the things. You see, you've got to say the things that are the real things. And God healed my heart and I went back out. And I sat with my daughter. And I said, Abby, I'm so sorry that I wasn't there when you needed me. I could then say it to her. Her response was remarkable. But even without human closure, we can get heavenly closure. You see, if God hadn't healed the trauma in my heart of those two experiences, guess where I wouldn't have been going? America. Guess where God has given me the biggest mandate right now? You see, there are things you've gone through in your life And if you don't allow the Lord to heal the trauma, it's going to separate you from your destiny. You see, God's saying there's nothing that you've gone through that I can't heal. There's no pain, no hurt, no agony, no disappointment. I am the God that can make all things new. I can do what you could never do. I've got this and I've got you. 
He is able. You see, how many of us, we pray, God, use me. God, open doors. God, promote me. I'm sure Mephibosheth did. But then opportunity knocked. King David called Mephibosheth. He said, I want to bless you. I want to bring you to eat continually in my house. I want to give you all of your grandfather Saul's inheritance. This is a big deal. But listen to his reaction. This is decades later. But Mephibosheth had been marked by trauma. He wasn't just disabled. He was crippled in his heart. And so when opportunity knocked and David said, come on, I want to give you everything. He said, I'm just a dead dog. Don't speak to me like that. You know what? He, he inherited some. But he ended up not with it all. You see, as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. If I don't think I deserve the blessings of God, I won't walk in them. Some of you have been marked by trauma and you've not wanted to go back there. But you see the very place where you were wounded, the very storm that nearly took you out. You know, God will give you an anointing, you see. You know what? I got traumatised. I'm going to be doing a TV program with Apostle in a little while. And one of the questions, I thought, wow, what was the darkest place you ever were? And I thought, oh, I can remember. The weeks after my daughter died, I was traumatized, wrecked, torn apart. I thought the treasure of my life had been ripped from me and I could never be healed. But I surrendered every single ounce of my pain to Jesus. I poured out my pain again and again and again and again. And within about a year, nearly all the sadness was gone. People say you never get over the death of a child. No, you don't get over them. You just, you just know they're waiting for you in heaven. But I've got no sadness about my little girl that would have been 21. No sadness. I don't miss her. I don't miss my dad. You see, when we allow God to heal, he doesn't just heal us. He turns, I said it earlier, he turns our river of pain into a spring of healing. But we have to surrender. I want you to stand in this place right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Right now, if you shut your eyes in the presence of the Lord. I know there are many of you here and you've gone through storms and the storm has beaten you. You felt bruised. You felt kicked down. Some of you have been traumatized. Some of you, you're still carrying the pain of a loved one who died when they shouldn't have. And for some of you, the reason you've struggled to get beyond it is because you never grieved what never happened. Right now, shut your eyes in the presence of the Lord. Shut your eyes in His presence because He says, I want to heal you. You see, He wants it to be as though we no longer even smell fire.
even though we've been through it. Right now with your eyes shut, if God has been ministering to you while I've been speaking, I want you to lift up both hands high. Lift up both hands high right now in the presence of the Lord. And right now, wherever you are, start to talk to the Lord. Tell Him out loud, articulate it, what you have gone through. Only you and He need to hear. But the Lord says, talk to me, talk to me, talk to me. Oh, open your mouth and just start to speak it out loud. There is trauma in marriage. There's trauma in family. There's trauma through sickness. There's trauma through death. There's trauma through living through conflict. Oh, and the Lord is saying, I want to heal you deep inside. Oh, right now, just start to talk to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. There's a breaker's anointing coming into this place. And it's breaking down the hard areas in your heart where you pushed pain down because you couldn't handle it. And the anointing is here now to break up that ground. And if you're saying, I want God to do that work in me, just come to the altar if you can reach it. Just come and kneel at the altar. Just come and kneel. Don't miss this moment. The presence of the Lord is here. And He says, what I do in you, I'm going to do through you. If you are still grieving, a loved one right now start to pour out the pain pour out the pain pour out the pain if you can't reach the front but you know the spirit is ministering to you just kneel wherever you are and the Lord says I'm here for you I'm here for you I saw how afraid you were, how crippled by the pain you were, but I'm here to heal you. I'm reaching deep inside, inside to those places where you thought you had to hide. But the Lord says, I'm coming for you. When no one was coming, you felt they weren't coming. He says, I'm coming for you. Oh, Jesus, Lord God, reach into every heart, every place of pain. Scripture says there is a time for every purpose under the sun, a time to break down a time to break down because after the breaking comes the healing oh and there's some of you and you all you kept hearing was dry up be strong man up be strong don't show weakness but the Lord is saying you're my son and I'm here to heal you I'm here for you when no one else was there for you I'm here for you to heal you. Jesus, Lord, right now, just use this time to talk to the Lord. Tell the Lord 
what you couldn't tell anyone else you couldn't open your mouth you couldn't talk about it you couldn't tell anyone but the Lord says I already know and there's times when you didn't even want to tell me because you didn't want to offend me but the Lord says I already know pour out your heart before me Jesus Lord things said things said oh so much cruelty oh and what broke your heart broke my heart what broke your heart broke my heart what broke your heart broke my heart and I'm here to heal you I'm here to heal you and I hear the Lord say son I'm so sorry for your suffering it was never my heart I never wanted you to go through that. But I am gonna turn it around. I'm gonna turn it around for you. I'm gonna do that for you. Oh Jesus, wherever you are, wherever you are, talk to me. And you're always strong for everyone else, always looking for everyone else. You want to protect those above. You want to protect those beside. You want to protect those you're responsible for. And the Lord says, but I've got your back. I'm here for you. I'm here for you. Jesus, Lord. Jesus. Jesus, Lord. Lord Jesus. Oh, Father, the trauma. The trauma of the suddenlies we never wanted. There are some suddenlies we dream of and others that we don't. Father, heal. Heal, Lord God, of every unwanted suddenly. Jesus, Lord. Jesus. Jesus. Reach into every heart. Oh, it pulled you apart, tore you up inside. Oh, but the Lord says, I'm able, I'm able, I'm able, I'm able. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. The sadness, oh, sadness, sadness. Father God, reach into that place of sadness just the sadness take it away oh Lord oh Jesus Jesus Lord I know what no one else knows no one else knows I know I know and he that touched you touched the apple of my eye everything that happened that caused you to cry times when you just felt so forgotten and alone but the Lord says I'm here with healing in my wings I'm here to restore you deep within I'm here I'm here <laughs> I'm here it felt like no one was near and you needed them to be near but I'm here I'm here 
I'm here, I'm here, I am here, I am here, here, oh, 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 every root of trauma, the deep trauma, the deep trauma, it was too much, it was too much. I take authority over the spirit of fear that entered in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. And the Lord says, I'm speaking peace to the storm. I'm speaking peace to the storm. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Right now, across this place, You know, I loved the testimony the lady shared. You know, he wants to give us healing and peace in the storm. There is no pain that you've carried, no hurt or wound that God can't completely heal. But right now, across this place, I just want everyone to shut their eyes. Shut your eyes. You know, peace is not the absence of chaos. Peace is a supernatural force that eradicates the chaos. Peace is a person. He's your prince of peace. Right now with your eyes shut. I just hear the Lord giving me an instruction. I speak to the storm that has been blowing in your soul. And right now, across this place with your eyes shut and your arms lifted, I speak to the storm that has been blowing in your soul. And I say, peace. Be still. I speak peace into the storm. Wow. Such a strong healing presence in this place. the Lord say I've got you I've got you in the palm of my hands I've got your marriage in the palm of my hands I've got your family in my hands I've got your life 
in my hands I've got you I've got you I've got you I've got you in my hands right now just with your hands raised just say I receive your peace I receive your love I trust you Lord I trust you Lord I receive your love of the Lord flooding this place I want you to start with one finger start to clap one finger everyone take one finger and start to clap your palm with one finger I want you to hear the sound of the love of your Lord now two fingers it's the love of the Lord it's the sound of my love falling, falling all around. Three fingers, three fingers. He's got you in the palm of his hands. Three fingers, now four fingers. The love of the Lord surrounds you. He surrounds you, he's got you. Now with your hands, put your hands together for Jesus. Let's give praise to Jesus. For more information on products, please visit our website or send us an email. All the details are on the back of the product pack.